0: John Paul, History Stories Collection. In 1747, in faraway Scotland, on the arm of the sea called Solway Firth, a great sailor was born. John Paul played along the seashore, saw tall ships, and heard wonderful stories of a new land called America, whose ships filled with tobacco came into the Firth. John Paul did not get much schooling, and at the age of 13 he went as a sailor lad on the Friendship to America. The ship sailed into Chesapeake Bay and up the Rappahannock River to the town of Fredericksburg, where he found his brother William living on a plantation. In the very same town where George Washington had just been to school, John Paul also went to school. He studied hard to make up for lost time and left a great name among the boys. He afterward returned to Scotland and at the age of 19 sailed as an officer on a slave trading ship to Africa and carried a load of Africans away from their native land. Many people did not then think it wrong to do this, but John Paul hated the cruel business and left the slave ship as soon as he reached Jamaica. On his way back to Scotland, the officers of the ship died and John Paul, although but 20 years old had to take charge. The owners of the vessel were so pleased with the way he handled it that they made him captain and he went on many voyages to different countries. After a time, John Paul went to Virginia to take care of his dead brother's plantation. While he was living in Virginia, he watched the quarrel between England and her colonies break out in open war. John Paul Jones enters the American Navy. He hastened to Philadelphia and offered his services to Congress. He knew England would send thousands of soldiers to America, and that she would send her warships along our seacoasts and up and down our bays and rivers to capture and burn our towns. He also knew that the Congress did not own a single warship when the war began. Congress ordered warships to be built. While these were being made, Congress ordered trading vessels to be fitted and can, with cannon and sent out to capture British ships. When John Paul went to Philadelphia, he gave his name as Paul Jones, probably in honor of Willie Jones, a friend who lived in North Carolina. Some have thought that he did not want the British to know him if they should capture him in a sea fight. Although Paul Jones really knew more about warships than most of the men in philadelphia congress gave him a very low office but that made no difference to him for he really wanted to get into a sea fight in 1775 he was made a lieutenant and joined an expedition to capture cannon and powder from the british in the west indies he did so well that congress made him captain and gave him a ship he then went on a cruise to the West Indies, where in six weeks he captured 16 prizes and destroyed a number of small vessels. Congress afterward gave him command of the ship Ranger and sent him to carry letters to Benjamin Franklin, who was in France trying to get the King to take sides with Americans. Franklin planned for Jones to take the Ranger to the coast of England and show that, Americans, that American as well as English ships could burn, destroy, and fight. He captured two vessels, made straight for his old town of Whitehaven, spiked the cannon in the fort, set some ships on fire, and escaped without harm. Near by this place his sellers took all the silver from the home of a rich lady. This robbery troubled him so much that afterward, at great expense to himself, he returned the silver to its owner. Look out for Paul Jones, the parrot, the people said, and the drake, carrying two more cannon than the ranger, was sent to capture her. Five boatloads of people went to see the parrot captured. The fight lasted more than an hour. When the drake surrendered, her captain and 42 men had been killed. The ranger had lost only two men. After this fight, the English towns were still more afraid of Paul Jones. There was great joy in France when Paul Jones sailed into port. The king, who was now making war on England, promised him a larger fleet of war vessels. So in 1779 he found himself captain of a large ship armed with 50 cannon. He called the ship the bon Homme Richard in honor of Franklin's almanac, the Poor Richard. Three smaller vessels joined him and he again set sail for the English coast. The news of his coming caused great alarm. As Paul Jones sailed along the British coast, he captured many trading ships and frightened the people. At last he came upon two British warships. Just at dark, the Richard attacked a larger English ship, the Scrapus. At the first fire, two of Jonas's cannon burst, tearing up the deck and killing a dozen of his own men. The fight went on for an hour, when the Scrapus came near, and Jones ran the Richard into her. "'Have you struck your collars?' called out the English captain. "'I have not yet begun to fight,' replied Captain Jones. When the ships came together again, Paul Jones himself seized a great rope and tied them together. The fighting was bad. the cannon tore huge holes in the sides of the ships. A great explosion on the scrappus killed twenty of her men. Both ships were on fire, and the Richard began to fill with water. The men on each ship had to fight fire. It was ten o'clock at night. The British prisoners on the Richard had to help pump out water to keep the ship from sinking. Only a few, few cannon on each ship could be fired. The decks of both ships were covered with dead and wounded, but neither captain would give up. Finally, Paul Jones, with his own hands, pointed two Cannon at the ma- great mast of the Scrapus. Just as it was about to fall, the English captain surrendered. All night, Jonas and his men were kept busy fighting fire and pumping water, while the wounded were removed to the scrapus. The good man Richard sank the next day at ten o'clock. Paul Jones sailed to France with his two English ships, where he was praised and rewarded by the King of France. He was a great hero in the eyes of the French people and in the eyes of the Americans, too. After the war, Paul Jones was an officer in the Russian Navy. He died in France in 1792. His grave was forgotten for many years, but was discovered in 1905, and his bones were brought to America and buried at Annapolis, Maryland.